In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When Father Mark asked me to preach today, he also told me that the epistle lesson was 1 Corinthians 13. I said, oh my, what shall I preach on? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. We've all heard it several times, probably mostly at weddings. But uh, it wasn't a wedding that Paul had in mind. The, the church would not get into the wedding business for several hundred years not until it was allied with the empire. <coughs> And I'm take, I gotta tell you, I was having real problems with this sermon. You know, some sermons, you start studying for a sermon and they just kind of fall right into place. <coughs> Other sermons, it's kind of like pulling teeth to try to get that sermon put together. That's the way this sermon was. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll read the text. That's always a good thing. You know, there are a lot of preachers. They don't read the text. They'll start doing their sermon. Like they've read the text before. Not a good idea. So I went back and read the, read the text. You know, chapter 13 is, 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 is a hymn, essentially. And like any hymn, when we sing the hymn over and over and over again, we, we you know, beautiful hymn. But if we ever go to the hymn and just read it, read it in an analytical kind of way, you'll read that hymn and you'll say, huh, I didn't know it said that. What kind of the way it was when I read 1 Corinthians 13 this time? I discovered that Paul has a, an exceedingly radical message in this, uh, in this particular chapter. Now, to, to get the full impact of chapter 13, we've got to go back to chapter 12. In chapter 12, right at the beginning, Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts. <coughs> gifts like wisdom and knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy. Then later in the chapter, really right at the end of the chapter, he, he actually puts these gifts in order. He ranks these gifts according to their importance. He says, first, there's apostles. Next, there are prophets. Then there are teachers. Then miracles. Then healing. Then helps. Administrations. And the gift of speaking in tongues. And then right at the end of chapter 12, he says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. But then, the very last line in chapter 12, he says, I will show you still a more excellent way. And then he starts chapter 13. And he essentially says, 
even if you have one of these gifts or many of these gifts, doesn't matter if you don't have love. You might be the greatest prophet or preacher. You might know all of the mysteries of the faith. You might even be a martyr. But if you don't have love, it doesn't count. He says all spiritual gifts will pass away. Knowledge, prophecy, pass away. All will pass away except faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, love. In other words, love trumps it all. Knowledge, our preaching, our doctrine, all of that's temporary. None of that should get in the way of our love for each other. Now that's huge. Nothing, absolutely nothing should get in the way of love. But that didn't solve my problem much. Preaching on love? You know, love's a big subject. You know how many times love is mentioned in the Bible? I mean, you can't turn the pages of the New Testament without getting your fingerprints all over love. Especially in the books of John. The Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the, the epistles. A number of years ago, we were studying for the Bible Bowl at the, for the Parish Life Conference. And the topic that year was the Catholic epistles. James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude. They're called Catholic epistles because they're not addressed to any church or any person specifically. Therefore, they're just out there universally, hence Catholic epistles. We, uh, we Bible bowlers, we developed a strategy for, uh, for, the, for John's epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We developed a strategy that if, if, if during the test, if, if, if we didn't know the answer to a question, we just write down love. <laughs> Figure we have about 50% chance. Still, how do, you, uh, how do you narrow something like this down? What I decided to do was narrow it down to what I really thought the hardest part of love was. And that is loving those we don't know. Loving those that maybe we're prejudiced against. Loving those we don't like. Even loving those that are just outright enemies. You know, Jesus, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, He said, love your enemies. He said, if you just love the people that love you back, what merit is that? Even the sinners do that. But how can you love an enemy? How can you love someone you don't even like? And how can you really love someone you may not even know? There were two sisters that were visiting one time, two elderly women. And they got to talking about their ne'er-do-well brother. Well, he's just no good. Well, it would help if he'd just get a job. Well, he may get a job. Who's going to hire him? He doesn't know anything. Can't do anything. Lazy. I know. I know. 
And every time he comes over to the house, I have to watch him like a hawk, make sure he doesn't make off the silver or something else. Yeah, well, Jesus loves him. Oh, I doubt that. <laughs> no, no, it's true. Jesus loves him. Of course, Jesus doesn't know him like we do. <laughs> now, that's what I'm talking about. How do you love people like that? People you don't even think Jesus would love. Jesus was uh, teaching one day, and a lawyer, an expert in the law, Moses, he and Jesus got to talking about who the neighbor is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's the neighbor? And Jesus told a parable, we know it, Samaritan traveling down the road, man, lying over here in the ditch. He goes over and like a look, what's a Jew? He had been robbed, beaten, left for dead. But he was a Jew. You know, Samaritans and Jews didn't have anything to do with each other. They hated each other. They were enemies. They didn't worship God the same way. They had different ethnic backgrounds. But he went over and he took a look. He's a Jew. But he wipes the blood off. He bandages up his wounds and puts him on his donkey. Takes him takes him to the inn, takes care of him. The next day, he gives the innkeeper money. And he says, is this not enough to take care of him until he can get on his way? I'll, I'll pay you the rest when I come back. This Samaritan, a Jew, he takes care of his wounds. He carries him to safety. Gives him shelter. Spent his own money. And Jesus says, this is the definition of love. Because you see, love is not just about a feeling. It's about a doing. My father was a great man. Some of you have heard me talk about my father. He, uh, he was a businessman all of his life. Taught me about how to do business. And he said one time, he said in a business deal you're trying to do, he said, uh, a good deal is not a good deal unless it's a good deal for both of you. Always try to remember that. And I've done business with large national companies. I don't have to worry about them much. They know how to take care of themselves. But I've also done business with a lot of unsophisticated people that are just going into the business, starting a new business for the first times in their life. Now with them especially, you have to make sure it's a good deal for you, but you also got to make sure it's a good deal for them as well. I didn't realize it way back then, but I think my father was not just teaching me about business. I think he was teaching me about love, too. Because love is not just about a feeling. Love is about doing as well. We all know the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know that's from the Bible, don't you? Uh, Luke 6, Jesus said, As you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. You notice something about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto, unto you? Nothing in the golden rule about how you feel 
Because love is not about feeling. It's about doing. A long time ago, years and years ago, I had a, a young couple come to me. They wanted to open a business, <clears throat> new business, first time business. They wanted to go into the donut business. They were Koreans. Couldn't speak a word of English. Brought a translator with them. I decided to take a chance. And I leased them, leased them a building. They moved in. I would go by from time to time and buy donuts. They made good, good, good donuts. I'd go by from time to time, buy a donut, check on them, see how they were doing. Well, I don't know, it must have been maybe three years later after they did the lease. They were starting to learn English by then. And I went into the donut store, and the woman, she, she worked the front, he, he ran the back. The woman ran over to me, threw her arms around me, and gave me the biggest hug. And he came out from the back, took hold of my hand, shook my hand like a Texas cowboy, <clears throat> well, they were just thrilled. They had, they, had, they had saved enough money and done well enough where they were able to buy a house. And oh, they were excited. And they said to me, we couldn't have done that without you. And I said, what are you talking about? Without me. I just leashed this. I made money off you people. <laughs> I said, no, no, we couldn't have done it without you. They were pretty insistent. I got to thinking later, <coughs> you know, they're right. They couldn't have done it without me. I mean, they couldn't even speak English, much less read that lease that they signed with me. But it wasn't just me, but it was the bankers. It was their suppliers and other people that did business with them that in spite of them not even being able to speak English, didn't take advantage of them, treated them fairly. And their customers, their customers didn't care that they came from all the way around the world. Eyes didn't look exactly like everybody else's. Couldn't speak English, no, they had a good product. Love is not just about feeling. Love is about doing. I started with Paul, and I'll end with Paul. We started by reading 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to end reading something from Romans 13. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In chapter 13 in Romans, Paul is essentially saying the same thing he said in 1 Corinthians 13. Love takes precedence over everything else. Love is above everything else. And love is not just about feelings. Love is about doing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.